This is Free Talk Live. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we will share with you there. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. Mark is here, unusually, on a Friday evening. Normally, uh, you take Fridays off. I don't even know if you're going to stay for the whole show, Mark. I'm not. Okay. So, uh, you've come in for a very specific purpose, and it has something to do with the TSA. Now, I uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to any of last night's show, because Mark, you and I have been out for the past couple of days. Uh, we've been in Los Angeles uh, at a talk radio convention right talkers magazine puts on uh, one of these conventions every actually twice per year now and so one's in new york city the other's in los angeles that's where we've been for the past couple of days how many times have you been to la oh total in my life a handful okay i guess same three for you, Mark? four yeah. okay. four five you guys four. probably usually go there for these things yeah that's pretty okay. much the uh, the purpose in fact this was essentially a whirlwind tour uh where we you know flew out got there and literally left 24 hours later uh so we just got back today, and I guess I'm lucky to be back on time for the show. And this is you part got disappeared. Of, part of the reason why uh, you wanted to come in tonight, Mark. Yeah, and I the reason I want to uh, you know wanted to tell this is because I I just kind of feel like you don't understand the depth of uh, the situation. So uh, you know you had a, a trip a couple of, about a month ago. Is that right? I took a, a quick vacation to uh, Florida, which mm-hmm. is where I'm from, and I hadn't been back to Florida since I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project at all, so six, six years. years. And I went, you know, kind of hung out with a friend, went to a concert, had you know, saw the family, that kind of thing. And th- that was the first time that I'd ever been selected in an unusual manner, like Everybody's well. If you fly enough, you get the super secret search thing. This uh, is the TSA's designation. It has four S's on yeah. your ticket. Super and, secret uh, specials. It says you're going to get the blue glove love. Right, uh, where you know they are ostensibly randomly selecting passengers for this, and you get an extra sensitive pat down, shall we say? More than just the regular enhanced pat down. I think it's the enhancement. It's okay. the enhancement. But they call it the SSSS on your ticket. So if you ever have a four S's in a row on your ticket. Wait, they put these things on. It's not random then. I mean, I guess maybe they randomly put it on, random. Your, on your ticket, but it's predetermined before you even get to the security line. I don't know what the different. I mean, maybe TSA George can could call and you know better illuminate this. Uh, but there, there probably is maybe some sort of random protocol, but also they can just write it on there too. So like. You can, when you're checking in at the ticket window uh, or the ticket counter, it could come with a printed SSSS on it. But also, as you approach the uh, the security area, you know how you hand your ticket and uh, ID to the uh, first TSA agent there with a UV indicator thing that he's looking at. It kind of holds your ID under that. That guy can also just decide to write four S's on your right. ticket. I had an expired driver's license uh, that I went through, and they gave me four S's for for that at one point. Right. So, I mean, I, I've had one of these enhanced pat-downs before. Uh, I opt in for them because I don't want to go through their, uh, you know, the radiation yeah, screen. Yeah, and that too. That too. Uh, this time, or, or this the time you're referring to, Mark, back in August, was the first time I'd ever had an issue, like, just checking in. So normally when you go to an uh, airport, you slide the credit card that you use to buy the ticket with, and then it spits out your boarding pass, and you go on to the security area. Mm-hmm. Well, my issue was, and I did talk about this at the time, 
was that I was stopped for an hour at the uh, ticketing area where the woman had no idea what to do about whatever it was that was coming up on her screen. She told me I didn't pass Secure Flight, which is, you know, the government's program that matches names against a list of, I guess, suspects. Does that have to do with your last name? Were you using Freeman at any point? Well, the thing with this la- this previous journey, I had bought a ticket within 48 hours. Like, it was a short notice kind of thing. And that's like a major flag for drug dealer slash terrorist. Uh-huh. So I figured maybe it was because I bought the ticket real, real soon is why that uh, they wanted to make it difficult but for you me. use your real name or slave name or whatever yeah. it is your your, your given name your, that's not given anyway. i use the name that's on the the driver's license right so uh so there was that possibility that you know well because it was a short notice ticket maybe that resulted in me getting some extra scrutiny uh extra tr- scrutiny and uh, let's see there was another reason why it, uh, it it's escaping me at the moment but there was another uh, issue well, you had the expired driver's oh, license the expired driver's license yeah but so. they hadn't seen it at that point they just you right. just had one. like in theory they could have known about it but that seems unlikely and then the third option was i'm on a list of some sort and i haven't been previously hmm. and so i was also re extra screened on the way back uh, as well on that journey, and then this time around, the same thing happened. It didn't take an hour to get through this, the the ticketing counter when I went to the airport. It took maybe like fifteen minutes, so that was a little bit shorter. But they have now started uh, to stop me before I get on the plane and search me again. So Whoa. I get uh, the first search at the security checkpoint where everybody else gets their search. And then before I get on the plane, they have agents waiting there, and they are, they're also stopping other people from getting on the plane and searching them, too. Mark, you got one of these searches as well at one gate? point. This is at the gate. They had, I've heard about them doing this. Right. They have two to five agents at the gate, and they are stopping people randomly, checking IDs, and, and possibly doing a complete other search in fact at a gate in uh at the gate in i think it was la last night when we were leaving they actually brought out one of their bomb detecting uh equipments and they had that at the gate that they were uh, screening us with mark you you got caught in that one uh but they didn't always go after you i got shaken you know they they, they pretty much looked at my stuff uh, yeah, I guess they didn't every time, but uh, they did do a random screening at every single gate you went to on the four legs of this trip because we had a layover. We go, there's no straight flight from Manchester to right. Los Angeles, so we'd have to stop off. We stopped off in Newark, in uh, Midway, so, and then yeah. at Newark. So we were at four air- airports, and I was screened eight times. Right, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Right, it's crazy. Oh and my god! It's it's it, you know at this point I'm you got screened conspir- what five times? You've been red list or right. red flagged or yeah, whatever. something right. some I, kind of flag. Some, something's <laughs> happened here is the way I see this, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know what else to come, what kind of conclusion to come to, and I wish some listener would call in and tell me, you know, how what I can think that doesn't mean that my business partner has been targeted by the federal government for free speech in America in 2012. I mean. Well, Right. Well, the question that we had was, well, why are they going after me but not you? Right. You're on the show as well. Yes, but nobody uh, likes you, Ian. You are uh, a critic of the TSA <laughs> as well. So why the discrepancy? You know, I have the advantage of being the, the voice of reason. So perhaps you're the, <laughs> you're the warning to everybody out there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I, it, and so I missed my flight. This is the part we didn't get to. Uh, so today uh, we're at Newark in the early morning because we took an overnight flight. 
and uh, and once again, you know, the TSA agents are out there at the at the the gate. And I had made the comment that oh, well, this they're probably doing this at every gate. No, they weren't. And uh, Mark, you had observed that there was another gate nearby that was uh, boarding, and there were no TSA agents. I didn't there. see it at any other gate in any of the trips. And I just this is why I wanted to make sure I came tonight because this isn't happening at every gate in America. Just because it happened to us four times doesn't mean it's happening to everyone four times. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's nuts, and that you got shaken down eight times on four plane rides yeah no that's it's six times because he only had to go through um go into the system once so it's uh six shakedowns for four plane rides um i believe i was searched at every single point but you only had to go into the tsa secure area twice because we had just layovers in two cases Okay, but I was in the secured area in Newark as well. I see what you're saying. Maybe, maybe I'm miscounting. Yeah, but that's what they. Yeah, because if you, that's why they have like, or I'm not trying to justify their system, but they have like, you know, pass the, uh, the security checkpoint. But then when you have a layover, they know that that's why they have it at all the airports. Because if you've come in from another airport, you're already through you've the already area. been through the secure area. I thought they hit me eight times, Mark, but I, I don't think know. It's six eight five five four fifty free. At that point, I understand why you've lost, uh, you know, count. I just, I'm stunned by this. I, I didn't think, I, you know, it. There's moments in my radio career where I, where the government surprises me, and this is one of those times. I'm, I'm surprised you're surprised. But eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Have you been through this intense scrutiny at uh, the airport? And can free you talk figure? Li- Got vampires, zombies ruining the neighborhood. From weapons expert Larry Correa, a new installment in the New York Times best-selling Monster Hunter series, Monster Hunter Legion. Publishers Weekly says this light-hearted testosterone soap sequel to 2009's Monster Hunter International will delight fans of action horror with elaborate weaponry, hand-to-hand combat, disgusting monsters, and an endless stream of blood and body parts. Monster Hunter Legion, on sale now wherever books are sold. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you want to tell us your TSA experience, have you encountered the -the at-the-gate agents? And also uh, some of the other agent types we encountered included the chatty agent. Uh, where yes, they, true. they uh, will chat with you as you're standing in the line waiting to be screened. They will uh, ask you what appear to be innocent sounding questions about, you know, they're, uh, and to, to the credit of the lady that we first encountered, she was pretty good at it. Like, Either she, she was really, a really genuinely uh, nice slash crazy lady <laughs> or um, she was very good at her job. Like what kind of questions? Well, well, where are you going? Where are, you, where are you coming from? Uh-huh. What, what are you going to do? Ian says, uh, uh, she, she's like, oh, so how's your day? And he said, it'd be a lot better if I wasn't on some kind of watch list. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I did a literal facepalm. I mean, I was just like, oh, God. I know. I hate when people talk about, like, bombs or anything like that, mm-hmm. 9-11, in the line at the security checkpoint. I'm like, can we talk about this later? Yeah. 
So um, I was regaling you with a, uh, the brief story of uh, what happened today and why, Mark, you and I ended up getting separated. Uh, is because they've been targeting me for super secret special searches at every single opportunity, including uh, more than once per visit to the secure zone. I'll get it at the uh, at the kind of uh, check-in area or the screening area and then also at the at gate. The gate. Uh, as well, and it is definitely not random when it comes to me because every time I try to get a ticket, I'm held up and I have to go to customer service and I have to stand there. In fact, at LA, I stood there for over a half an hour waiting for the United crew to clear me through their system, which was it was a pretty long wait. It did not appear as though these people deal with this kind of thing on a regular Regularly. basis. Yeah. Um, the, they don't know what they're doing. The ladies taking the tickets looked frustrated, upset, um, and confused when it came to these tickets. Right. She had to go and get a supervisor to assist her because she didn't know what to do. So this isn't just normal. No, and, certainly not. Uh, you know, the idea that there would be four legs of this trip and there would be four great gate screenings along the way, the way just seems, uh, you know, you're taking a big leap here. Now, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I'm kind of – th- the only conclusion I can come to, Ian, uh, I can't see why you would be put on some kind of watch list or not pass safe check or safe flight, mm-hmm. which is what we know for certain. Secure flight. Secure mm-hmm. flight. Um we know that for certain because they said it. So I don't know why you would be on some kind of list other than your misdemeanor arrests um, from last year, which if they're if they're I mean, the that fact doesn't is, seem it doesn't seem likely. Lots of people flying, get arrested for misdemeanors. You're flying with a convicted murderer. There's two people flying. One's a convicted murderer. A one's point. a convicted uh, obstructor of justice yeah. um, is the, uh, the charge. Well, and we know which one's more dangerous. To they the shake down Ian. Four times, and I get through on some of the times. Some of the times they did shake me down, and uh, it was I did more manage- than four times. I I contend it was eight times. You say it was six. It was six. Yeah, six. The six was just a regular screening, and you're SSS and whatever. So I was. Uh, we were getting on the last leg of the journey, coming back from Newark uh, today. And Mark, you went on the plane, and uh, I was getting the what was at this point a regular extra screening, uh, as, as I expected to receive. I expected you to be right behind me. I didn't. But they wait did for something you. different this time. They didn't. Uh, they didn't do it right at the gate. They walked me back to the securing area, to the screening area. Oh, really? And did me there because they needed to use their bomb sniffing equipment, and they didn't have that with them at the gate. Okay. So I and as I was being walked back. They did instruct the flight crew from uh, United to wait because there was one person selected for extra screening. So you heard them do that? I heard them tell something to the – yes, I believe that they did do that. I asked the, uh, the flight attendant. The flight attendant said, we have everybody. Because I didn't know you weren't on the plane. I just assumed, well, I guess he needs some independence. He's decided to sit in another seat. Mm. Um, I didn't know what you were doing. And I was kind of glad for it. It was nice to have the two seats. We'd had a really long, awful trip, and I was going to to sleep and, and whatever. And I was really upset when we got when I got to the airport 45 minutes later from Newark to Manchester to realize that you were not there. <laughs> and you didn't have your cell phone because right, you had given it to my me cell to charge. charge uh, <laughs> and, and your little charger, portable charger thing. Yeah. So I had no cell phone. I had to ask some nice lady for her cell phone to call you. <laughs> and you didn't have the claim check for the car because I had that as well. So, so they called kinda, you on that. It kind of screwed things up uh, quite a bit with uh, how things were working out. Plus, he had to be back here at noon. Uh, we were both. We actually had Ron Paul uh, on the phone today for like the first time in forever, uh, literally since 2008. Got a recorded interview with Ron so, Paul. Yeah, I mean, Ron Paul was willing to do an interview with us, but it was a recorded thing because, you know, he's Ron Paul. He's busy, so we're going to do it whenever he wants to do it, right? 
And so I missed the uh, Ron Paul interview as a result of this. And <laughs> right. So they, they... More reasons to hate the TSA. They ha- hassle him at the gate. And I don't think the agents even know why. They're just like, you know, here's a no. bad guy. Go get the bad guy. They don't know. In fact, and- the guy, as I was walking to the checkpoint, I said... Uh, I said something to him yeah. about it. You well, know, do you have any idea over. what this is about? Right. Yeah. So I, I said to him, well, were you guys there just for me? And he claimed that they weren't. I don't know if that was true. But I, I asked that question. And then he also but they, indicated But you're the only that, one they took back right. for extra screening. And then he also indicated that, uh, that they were just, he was just following orders. Of course he's just following orders. So, yeah. How are you reacting? Did you, like, make a big fuss? No, I don't. You know, I'm not. That doesn't get you anywhere. So I'm not going to throw a tantrum or anything like that. I, I'm used to being shaken down. I've been to jail. I've had uh, my scrotum looked at uh, hundreds of times. So right. and this is <laughs> did they go that far? No, they didn't. Okay. So like, this is nothing compared to jail. Right? They'd say, "Well, I'm going to touch you in your private areas with the backs of my hand." They never did actually touch me in those areas. I could have had anything huh. in my, um, you know, crotch that I wanted to. Yeah. But I. This is what this reminded me of. I spent nine years in prison at a maximum security prison in the state of Florida. And this is what it reminded me of is this kind of uh, screening that people were going through. And everybody, because you were on this plane, everybody in these three packed packed flights and then this one sort of weird leg um, had to get shaken down. And this is what it was like. I just can't imagine that Americans are putting up with it. What are you going to do? I, I don't know. I mean, this is this new screening. Like, if thing, I'd thrown a fit, then what would? How would that have made things? Better? I don't know. I don't know, Ian. I don't have. I don't throwing know. a fit would have done. Wouldn't have done anything. I don't know about. I mean, I'm sure some Americans would throw fits, but then also just not flying. I mean, people might look at other sure, options. Sure, we could have driven to uh, to Los Angeles, rented a car, rented an RV or something like that, and driven out there. That would have taken what a week. Yeah, to get something out there. like that, and back. Yeah. So I mean, so that's not really an option for long, really. long trips or overseas. But well, if you had an RV, you could sleep in it and do the the show and stuff. But I mean, for the know, average to, person, it costs it's not a lot of money to do that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's what happened. I got uh, I did not make it back in time. They took the you know they took off without me. And uh, the next they didn't back, slow down. There was no. I mean, they, the next right. the, the lady said we have everybody. Yeah. And close the door. The next flight back was, to Manchester was five hours later. So I said, well. Is there uh, any flight to Boston? And they had one at about two hours later. So I went ahead and took the Boston flight, posted on Facebook uh, what was going on. And uh, we've got such a great community of activists up here in New Hampshire. Somebody was working in the uh, the Boston area, AB, who actually recently made, AB Gonzalez recently made uh, international headlines for creating a font that helps dyslexic people read correctly mm-hmm. and uh anyway that's one of the things he's notable for but he, he's working in the boston area so he actually came up swung by on his way home and uh, picked me up not too long after i'd arrived in boston i you know had enough time to grab some lunch and he came and got me and drove me back to Keene. but you know, that was pretty cool yeah that's wonderful you know, we get, we've really got an amazing uh, community of folks up here willing to help each other out 855-453 that's the SACL cai toll-free line you can take control of the airwaves and if you want tell us your tsa experience free talk line are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights fish finders and boating equipment from manufacturers like aimpoint bushnell otterbox crimson trace k-bar remington streamlight winchester and more manventureoutpost.com family owned and members of the better business bureau prices so low some can't be advertised get an additional five percent off with coupon code ftl get it quick get it from manventureoutpost.com 
is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. You'll find there, we give them to you. They include archives. So if you're like me and you missed a moment of the show, because you know, we were hustling around all over the place the last couple days, and I was able to tune in here and there but wasn't able to hear the whole thing, I could go, as you can, to freetalklive.com, simply click and download uh, whatever episode that I would like. And they go all the way back to late 2006. They're all free for you at freetalklive.com. And Allie, I heard you were on Wednesday nights. Yep, that's right. Uh, so you got some bonus Allie this week. And I'll be on Sunday night, so it's what? Allie all week. That's right. That's awesome. It's all celebration. Right. Stephanie's out at uh, the Libertopia. And she is, so I yeah. Need somebody fact, to sit in. Yeah, there, uh, there's, uh, that's the convention that's going on in San Diego this weekend where a lot of people, I believe, are going to be spending some time. So uh, 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Grab the archives at freetalklive.com. There's a really great podcast out there I want to – you ought to try because I really enjoy it. It's called uh, Verbal Surgery, and it's by my friend Tim Cummins, and we've known Tim for quite some time, and he does a really great show. And what this is is it's uh, – I think it's neuro-linguistic programming is the terminology that he uses for this. And it's a he does this show that allows – that you listen to. And you can listen to it while you're working. You don't even have to pay close attention to it. It changes your mood. And it's always been very successful for me. I'd be really interested. I know people have written in and said that uh, it's been successful for them. I'd- we were talking with an old friend of mine last night uh, out in uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we were we were at dinner, and he was talking about NLP. Yep. Uh, in the in kind of this Tony Robbins esque kind of, he went to one of these seminars, which he spent six hundred dollars on. Mm-hmm. What does this cost? It's a free podcast, and uh, every time I listen to this, I feel better. I mean, admittedly, the, the 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 effusion of emotion that go on that goes on in it, it 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 always kind of feels like it's a little hokey at first. Like I have mm-hmm. to, it's like getting into the pool. Mm. I have to, kinda, <laughs> I have to kind of ease in, but it works for and me. And you're swimming around like flipper. Yeah, right. It's uh, verbalsurgery.com. I recommend it. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Listen to this podcast, verbalsurgery.com. By the way, uh, something else I recommend is that you go to freestateproject.org. And uh, Mark, I haven't heard the Ron Paul interview yet today. But I believe that you brought it up, uh, yes. the Free State Project. And he endorsed the Free State Project. But it, he, he did he endorse g- it again? Because he had yes. endorsed it like four or five years ago during the previous presidential campaign. Yes. So it's the same. It's sort of an equivocating uh, endorsement. I mean, Ron Paul believes he's not. He's the superstar in the middle of a, a Ron Paul revolution that never intended to be there. So yeah. he doesn't want to tell people how to live and how to be. Well, no, I wouldn't imagine Ron Paul would say this is the one true way. No, but he says he, he, he thinks it's a great idea. Yeah. You know, he's in the marketplace of ideas. He'd like to see that one do well. You know, that's basically right. you know that's all he said. So we got a fresh endorsement. Good from luck, Ron Paul today. You know that kind of thing. Free State Project dot org. Uh, so he, he didn't say he was going to run up here and move and uh, and run for. Governor. I did offer him a co-host position. <laughs> On the show. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's good to know. We'll be putting the Ron Paul interview out at some point. Maybe we'll play it tomorrow night on the show for the, the, uh, the live Saturday edition as well. Uh, so let's go to the phones here. Go to freestateproject.org, by the way. Learn more about one of the things that Ron Paul endorses as a solution for liberty in the future. That's, uh, once again, freestateproject.org. Dave has been waiting patiently uh, through our TSA stories that we were regaling you with. Dave, uh, you're on Free Talk Live, and you're calling from New Hampshire. How do you know I've been waiting patiently? For all you know, I've dropped off the line. 
Well, that would indicate uh, if you had dropped off the line. And I suppose you could have been waiting impatiently, but uh, I gave you the... Okay, that's right. Yeah, exactly. I gave you the benefit of the doubt, Dave. Well, uh, I I wanted to respond to something you were saying earlier about TSA. You said, well, what can you do? Well, there's almost always something you can do. And you're partly doing it right now, you know, by at least reporting on what happened to you. But I guess one question I would have is, did you get any video? I did not. Uh, I was certainly going to get video had they done something unusual, like taken me to some sort of secret area uh, to do a screening. Uh, you know, anything that was out of the order, anything out of the uh, the view of uh, the general public, I certainly would have uh, rolled video on that. Uh, but, you know, I've been screened so many times, I didn't see this as... I mean, their behavior was unusual. What was unusual that targeting is that it me. kept happening. Like, yeah. if you'd known it was going to happen that many times, it would have been nice to have video of each time. But how are you supposed to know they're going to do this Oh, everywhere? I knew it was going to happen. Oh, oh I Plus, absolutely knew. I, I, at this point, <laughs> we were just so dog-tired with the uh, the red-eye flight and stuff, I, I just wanted this nightmare to be over. Well, right. I mean, that's just the thing. Normally, it doesn't result in you missing a flight when they do this. Uh, but in this case, it did. And, of course, you know, if you're going to bring out a video camera, then your odds of missing a flight are much higher at that point. And they know it. And they know that, uh, you know, that if you don't – like, for instance, I'd wanted to not show ID to fly, but I didn't arrive early enough to really make it worthwhile. You know, I told them – I asked them, well, what will happen if I don't show you ID? Because I knew I was already going to get the super spe- secret special search. And uh, so I figured, well, what if I don't show ID? Because our friend Sam used to do that when he flew years ago. And I don't know if they, I don't know if you can get away with it anymore. But they were like, "Well, we're just going to call Washington D.C. on you, uh, if, you <laughs> uh, if you don't show us." That's your ID. what they said. And I, you know, only had like a half an hour to get to the the flight at that point. I was like, "Yeah, I probably don't have time to do that. Maybe if I, yeah. you know, got here four hours in advance." Plus, Obama's a very out. busy man. So, uh, so no, Dave, I did not get any video, and I don't know of what I would have shot anyway, besides just you know their usual tech checkpoint shenanigans. Oh, I think you would have gotten a lot of hits for your video, and I think uh, it's not appropriate to assume that documenting it is going to slow things down. That might actually speed things up. They might be a little bit cautious, a little bit more cautious with you if they know that everything they're doing is being documented. Yeah. Um, And there are a couple other things. I have never had a situation where I had anything at all to videotape in any of my encounters with the TSA. They seem to mostly treat me pretty well. So far, but that's mostly because of one other thing I do, and that is I hardly ever fly. You know, I just decided to try to keep it down to once a year or once every 18 months at the most um, and, you know, have that camera in my hand for as long, for as much, or, you know, have, or have a camera, you know, in hand or in my pocket as much as possible, easy to reach quickly, you know, and stuff like that. Um, there is that moment, though, where you go through the, the screener, you know, and they, and you can't get to your camera or your cell phone because they're both going through the machine. That's a vulnerable point. But uh, one thing I thought I might do if if anything unusual happened there would be to request. Okay, I'm I'm ready to answer your questions. That sounds good. I do want to document the process. However, I'm a reporter and I would need my my audio and, and video equipment in order mm-hmm. to I think answer your questions. I think that's a great idea. They didn't let him while they while they're doing the the blue glove of love, uh, you know, his pat down thing. They didn't let Ian near his property, and they didn't let me near mine. I opted out of the. Uh, well, the I probably had scanner. I wanted to record. I probably would have been able to get a 
to get away with holding my camera during the search. Like if I just kind of held it in my hand. Like, Do you well, think, because they, they always seem like they're very inattentive about what you're allowed to have on you during yeah. any of the security process. No, Nothing in your pocket, nothing in your hands. And they're very specific about yeah, that. I don't think he could have done it. I probably, I think I could have. Mark I think could, I could have, have filmed you after, if he went through I first. I was standing there for that very purpose as if things got any worse than they were. I was going to whip it out and yeah. you know start start filming. I I had it out and I was ready. I think you're right, Dave. I mean, maybe I I probably could have gotten away with it, but it's one of those situations where it's literally right before you get on the plane. And plus, we well, were boarding in the that's final. The other thing, you need to get there really early. Your rush is their power. But no, no, yeah. no. You don't. Maybe maybe you're not. I'm not being clear. This is literally. Right before you get on the plane. So, for instance, uh, we were in boarding group five of five on the the flight that we were heading out of on Newark. Newark. So, boarding group one boarded, two boarded, three boarded, four boarded, boarding group five boarding. Uh, And so, we're literally in the last group of people to get on the plane and... You then get selected for a final search at that moment. Four times. Yeah. At that moment. That means, though, that means that that there's an advantage they don't have that you suddenly do have, and that is that you've got the camera ready to go in your pocket and everything. Yeah, that's true. The if, security checkpoint. If we had life cams, um, you know, these uh, little cameras you can put over your ear that ha- have kind of a camera going all the time, and I guess well, they work for your cell phone. Don't wait for the perfect situation. Take action with what you have. I, I like the suggestion, Dave. I know you might have been calling about a different reason, so if you want, stand by. We can come back to you here in a moment. That's Dave Ridley, by the way, from uh, RidleyReport.com. Uh, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number, 855-453, SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark's getting out of here, by the way. He's normally not with us on Friday nights. Uh, you wanted to come in and tell the story about uh, your kind of perspective on what happened today. You were shocked, appalled at uh, how I'm being treated by the TSA. Oh, I turned your mic off because uh, I thought you were leaving. Anyway. I want somebody to tell me that this is not what I think it is. What do you this, mean? What is it? That this isn't the federal government targeting you for free speech issues. What else could it be? Exactly I don't know. What it is. I can't imagine what else it could be. I cannot come up with a conclusion that would put six shakedowns and four plane rides for you and not anybody else. I mean, it was just it's just crazy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I can't come up with any other conclusion. But some federal government agent, maybe through Media Matters, was listening to this show, decided they didn't okay. like what you said and decided to give you trouble. It was eight, but it wasn't eight full shakedowns. Because remember, we were standing in line in Manchester, and that was our first experience. When we were leaving for the first time, right. uh, it was our first experience with seeing the gate crew shaking people down. And they were, you know, randomly going through sure. all the passengers. And but I 
when was we got randomly to, screened at that point. But then when we got to Midway, we didn't have to go back through the TSA line. This is the point oh, I'm trying to make. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it was actually, so I guess what I mean is we got hit four times at right. the gate. I got hit four times at the gate and then twice through the regular. To, into the okay. secure area. Yeah, yeah, everybody gets shaken down. So 100% of my times at the gate, I was, I was shaken down. That's extra. correct. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else could be besides that you've been red flagged. And it's not as if, you know, the FBI is going through all the talk shows and listening for some dissident views. I think that what's more likely is that uh, a listener who doesn't like what you have to say, like, or anyone, it could be anyone. Anyone could just try to sit there and try to report someone, mm-hmm. right? And then if they look into it and they're like, oh, yeah, he said enough stuff to red flag him. I mean, I don't think that there really is such a thing. Like I don't. I think that free speech is uh, a great idea. It's not being practiced in this country, though. Certainly. Let's go back to uh, Dave, who is somebody who's practicing free speech. He is the host of the Ridley Report at RidleyReport.com, or I guess the newsman behind it. Uh, it is your uh, independent journalism uh, that you're doing, Dave. And you've been a, a Free State Project participant and an early mover up here to New Hampshire for a long time. Uh, and you were kind of uh, telling us uh, what you would have done had you been in this situation. Uh, and you say, you know, you would have recorded this, uh, this stuff go down. And I was prepared to had I felt things went uh, in, a, in a direction I didn't expect them to. But I guess I'm just too institutionalized. Like, I'm used to it. Like, they were asking me if I've been searched before. I'm like, yeah, just do what you got to do. I've been searched plenty of times. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I just want to get on my flight. And of course, that's what they're counting on is that people are going to be in a rush that uh, they, you know, that they're they're going to want it to be over so they can get on with uh, with their lives. And it's, that's especially true in the very last moment, right before you get on the flight, when you have zero time left between. Uh, I mean, virtually zero time remaining between takeoff and uh, and you know when you get on the, the plane. Dave, are you uh, back with us? The better activity is, the better it is for your video. So you, you, you're, it's just, I don't know. I, I think that was a huge mistake on your part. Not, not, you should be getting video of this stuff every time. Um, if, you, if, you, if the, the authorities do something awful and you get video of it, you win, basically. Mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, it's good to at least have a, even if you, like, to have it ready in case something bad happens, doesn't really like I've seen too many YouTube videos where I missed the where everyone misses the good part and it's like okay well just a second ago you didn't see in the video but I had to get my camera out but he totally like you know hit this guy with his you know truncheon right before you see all this it's nice to you know if you're going to be in contact with government agents in a coercive way it's better just to have camera rolling as soon as possible I agree you're right and uh, and I, I certainly predicted correctly each time that they were going to hit me because it was clear that that's what they were doing uh and so it would not have been hard for me to have a camera out and rolling as i approached to uh, to get on the plane so i think you might be right dave you know from an activist perspective uh it certainly was a mistake no i think from a from a from a financial perspective it was a mistake too because you you make money the more publicity you create for yourself um, you, you always, you guys are always saying that. Well, you're you're destined to lose automatically if you have an interaction with authority, and that is not true. If you get video of it, you are not destined to lose. Especially if you can monetize the video, mm-hmm. um, then you can at least uh, turn turn the video into publicity or maybe into, even into money. So the more they bother you, the more you make. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, anyway, I, yeah, I just think it was a mistake. And and uh, the other thing is, why didn't uh, Mark? If you were standing there and Ian was over there. 
getting, uh, you know, if Mark's still there, but if he's, he's even over there getting bothered and you're standing over on the other, that's like, a, that's like a, a double golden opportunity. I mean, to me, it's a big deal just to be able to roll on what's happening to me. Yeah. But if I've got somebody on, the, you know, also rolling. Yeah, if you had a cameraman angle, there, it would make it a better uh, kind of uh, shot because you could get both participants in the you know the frame of the video yeah i think you're you're right about that mark has left though he's he normally takes friday nights off and his family has arrived so they're out, out to do family things uh, ridley do you think that um have you ever well, i could always go and get another plane ticket and uh <laughs> and, and i'm sure they'll put me through it again it's uh, it's something <laughs> oh, they're boy. doing every time just go about your business and get video of how they stop you you know and then that, that that's you know, that's all you need to do. Do you think that recording these situations can slow the process down or no? It could. You know, if they were to say, if they were to start objecting to the recording process or whatever. But you just have to, you have to look at it like it's like that, that lieutenant in uh, Band of Brothers who said, okay, we're in a war. We might as well just assume we're all dead, right, and go ahead and make the most of whatever seconds we've got left, right? Mm-hmm. You just, just assume they're going to stop you and destroy your, your day and your, and, your, and your trip and everything like that. And just make sure you get video of it. And then if you do happen to get on the plane, it's an extra bonus. You know, that's, that's one way to look at it. Yeah, and it would have been easier. It would have been... Uh... It would have been the best time to do it, like as far as the most effective time, would have been on the way back because then at least, you know, I'm not not going to be late to a meeting or something mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, let them shake me down the first two legs of the journey, but then on the way back, it's not as important to arrive on time. But, you know, I had the interview with Ron Paul. I wanted to be there on time for that. Uh, and, of course, everybody wants to be somewhere for some reason. That's right. the reason they're they're flying in the first place. But, you know, I absolutely accept the critique, uh, Dave, and, and you're, you're certainly one of the best uh, – uh, p- people to you know hold other people accountable for for their actions or in this case their uh, their inaction. I wish I could take Ridley with me to the airport every time I go. Well, I wish I could take me to the airport with me every time <laughs> I go too. So what uh, was there anything else you wanted to share tonight? I don't know if you were originally calling about that. Yeah, it was it was a different idea. Um, and I, I just I had heard one of your callers a while back had called in and they were they were saying they were just frustrated at having really a lot of trouble talking people into the ideas of liberty. And something I have discovered is harder to do this than you might think, but something I've discovered that seems to work almost every time is just go right back to the core. Don't don't argue whether or not there should be Obamacare. Don't argue about whether or not someone should you know, some country should be in, in Iraq with an army. Don't argue that stuff. Go straight back to the core issue, which is aggression, and and just say, Well, I you know, I'm an anti aggressionist. Um mm-hmm. I, I I just I oppose acts of aggression. So uh, you tell me, is, is, is what you're advocating, does it involve any acts of aggression? If not, then I guess I can support it, you know? And, and I tried this once uh, at the, like over, the, over at the State House on a, a, a union guy who was kind of, you know, authoritarian, I think, in his leanings. And he was just asking me, what's really important? What's your position? Or what's your ideology or whatever? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm an anti-aggressionist, you know? And, and, I, and he said, oh, is that like a, kind of like a pacifist? And I said, well, no, it's, you know, self-defense is fine. It's just... I'm against acts of aggression, so and and there was just no conflict there. It was like it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of. Well, right. Who could who could uh, who could agree or who could rather disagree besides a total psychopath? Uh, to you know, a statement like that, uh, and I agree with you. I actually ended up having a lengthy conversation with uh, somebody who had overheard me talking about Ron Paul, the interview that I was going to have today, 
uh, while I was sitting at the airport, and he and I ended up having a lengthy conversation. And I did, you know, kind of touch on those those root points with him, and he agreed with that. But ultimately, you know, I don't think really saw taxes as aggression right. uh, down, you know, down the line as we, you know, continued the discussion. But maybe he'll think about that later. He, he very may very well. I mean, it was certainly probably the first time he'd encountered the, those those ideas. I think, and uh, but you know, ultimately he kind of was of the position that well, we all voted for this, and so therefore it's it's okay. And I told him, well, no, I didn't. And uh, and and then he pointed out that well, you were you know you were born into it, and mm-hmm. that much that much is true. I was born into a system to which I do not consent. I think people tr- like. It's hard not to expect a lot, you know, not to expect sort of logical moral consistency out of people that you expect from yourself. But, I mean, when you go into a conversation with just someone off the street or someone sitting next to you on an airplane, to expect them to come from this super principled place is, uh, you know, it's a lot to ask. And you can go really radical and say I'm an anti-aggressionist and they don't realize that that conflicts with their beliefs. No, they don't. But they'll think about it later. That's certainly true. And you might plant that first seed that who knows what it'll uh, sprout into. Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Thanks for your, uh, your time tonight and your thoughts. Appreciate Thanks, it. Yep. 855-450-FREE. See more of Dave on his YouTube channel. Uh, RidleyReport.com. More coming up. You can take control. We got other stuff to talk about, too. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll-free number 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. Oh, Allie, I'm sorry. You're normally sitting across from me, and so I turned it's on Allie. the wrong microphone. That's okay. <laughs> Allie's here with me, and uh, she. you can hear more of her over at Ladies in Keen. Dot com. That's ladies in K-E-E-N-E dot com, which mm-hmm. is uh, your blog site and uh, weekly radio show. That's right. Uh, so 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about the TSA or not, that's up to you. Uh, certainly, uh, it's been quite the experience for me over the last couple of days. And uh, in other news, Allie, you're going to be telling us about some minors being kept in solitary confinement. That story is on the way. But speaking of somebody who, uh, well, is wanted to be kept in solitary confinement, Julian Assange, for instance, uh, the man behind WikiLeaks, one of the, the men behind, one of the people behind WikiLeaks, there are a number of people involved in it. 
There's some news coming out, according to FT.com, and that's the Financial Times, uh, that uh, apparently Anonymous has now They've come out with a statement withdrawing support for WikiLeaks, which this is kind of a surprising schism because Anonymous certainly was uh, very supportive of WikiLeaks in yeah. the past. I always kind of thought of them as synonymous. Like maybe I was just not really well informed. As synonymous, not anonymous. Oh, I'm oh, No, no, no. But you said, said synonymous. Okay. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought of them as like sort of the uh, like parent organizations or something. I I can see how you could have uh, interpreted it that way. They certainly aren't. I mean, what is anonymous? It's hard to define. It's a you know nebulous group of uh, individuals who somehow managed to put out some sort of collective statements uh, that are attributed to all of the members. But of course, there's no way to say for sure that's true because who knows who it is that's actually releasing the anonymous statements. Well, then how can anonymous withdraw support from anything? This is a good point. Uh, they do seem to have official uh, channels for them to get information out to people. So presumably they're utilizing one of their official channels to get this word out. Anyway, according to FT.com, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has lost another high-profile supporter as anonymous. The hacking collective said the whistleblowing site had been ruined by egos. Anonymous, a loose group of internet hacktivists, has been one of WikiLeaks' closest allies during the past two years launching cyber attacks against the site's opponents and some claim becoming a source of its material. But leading anonymous accounts on Twitter, which rallied behind WikiLeaks and Mr. Assange despite his legal and financial woes, have now withdrawn their support, decrying the Freedom of Information Project as a one-man Julian Assange show. Calling the split the end of an era, Anonymous tweeted, It was an awesome idea ruined by egos. Anonymous had rushed to WikiLeaks' aid in December of 2010 when the whistleblowing site faced what it has described as an economic blockade from payments processing companies. You may recall uh, companies like Visa, PayPal, MasterCard uh, were attacked by Anonymous, which uh, resulted in interruptions to those websites being available, and this was to punish them for basically going along with the government Mm -hmm. and doing the government's bidding and blocking uh, WikiLeaks accounts from receiving credit card transactions. See, it's a little bit ironic because I sort of think as hackers who have this power to do these things, like if ego is going to affect either group, I would think that it would be anonymous because they have power to do these things. And I would think that that could go to someone's head. Uh, But... I don't know what their problem was. Do they have specific concerns with just Julian Assange? Well, we'll get to uh, some more detail here from the story, FT.com, reporting that uh, the group had remained loyal to Assange and his site throughout his extradition battle over allegations of sexual assault, and despite a crackdown from police around the world against the hackers. However, in the same week that saw Mr. Assange's bail, guarantors forced by a court to pay £93,500 after he fled to the Ecuadorian embassy in London, Anonymous lashed out at the WikiLeaks founder and his latest fundraising attempt. WikiLeaks this week erected a banner advertisement asking for donations before allowing visitors to access emails purportedly relating to Mitt Romney, the U.S. presidential candidate, and its other archives. Anonymous described the move as meretricious, and I would like to define that because I honestly don't really know what that means. Meretricious, uh, an adjective alluring by a show of flashy or vulgar attractions, tawdry, based on pretense, deception, or insincerity. 
Anonymous wrote in their online statement, We've been worried about the direction WikiLeaks is going for a while. In the recent month, the focus moved away from actual leaks and the fight for freedom of information further and further while it concentrated more and more on Julian Assange. But WikiLeaks is not, or should not be, about Julian Assange alone. Now, I haven't been reading WikiLeaks on a regular basis, so I can't comment on how much of their you know, their bandwidth or their website is being devoted to uh, Julian Assange versus right. other whistleblowing kinds of leaks. Uh, so I don't know. I, is what they're saying true? Or are they just saying they feel like they're covering Julian Assange too much? In which case, I don't think that's fair uh, for Anonymous to, to say that. Because, you know, for instance, we've talked about uh, the Prince of Pot, Mark Emery, here on this program a number of times. We've had him on the air. We've had his wife, uh, Jody, as well. And uh, Mark Emery has done great activism. He was the guy behind Cannabis Culture magazine. He started you know, a, a shop in Vancouver. He was selling seeds on the internet to anybody who wanted to buy them, selling cannabis right. seeds. Great activist. Uh, yeah, he's a huge activist and somebody who put his own freedom on the line for activism. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in prison right now, by the way, for a five-year prison sentence. Right. And how long has he served for, of that? About half of it. Okay. He's got another couple of years to go. Yeah, uh, I follow his his wife, and she just seems amazing to me too. She's, she's an incredible lady for sure. You know, she supports him. She goes to all these rallies and you know talks about legalization and everything. But so. this is the equivalent of critiquing uh, Jody Emery, Mark's wife, for publishing articles or too many articles about her husband, mm-hmm. and you know trying to bring attention to his plight and his situation and help people become aware of this. What's happening to Julian Assange is an important story. I know and it's definitely worth, you know, covering and I would I would expect when I go to WikiLeaks, you know, to their channels that I would see just a bunch of stuff about Julian Assange right now because he's the main focus right now. Uh you know, with him having to basically be in hiding and stuff and right. what was the embassy he had to like hide away yet that they protected him? Uh that's the Ecuadorian embassy. Right. And I believe he's still there. I haven't heard otherwise. Right. So it's kind of like a pending situation, is it not? Right. I mean, that's... It's news. Absolutely. And I'm... Okay, so I've now gone to WikiLeaks.org just to take a gander at the uh, the front page of the site. And unless they've just changed their website in response to what the uh, what the hacktivists are doing, allegedly, in, uh, in Anonymous, I'm just doing a search for Assange as I'm going down the page. And the, the only... The only Assange-related stories on this site, or at least on the front page of the site, are on the editorial section on the left-hand side. So if you go to WikiLeaks.org, there's uh, WikiLeaks Syria files, WikiLeaks the GIF files, uh, WikiLeaks archives, uh, spy files. There's all kinds of things. The front and the top of the site I don't see is anything not about Julian related to Julian Assange at all. It's related to WikiLeaks, which is what WikiLeaks is all about. Now, down the, at the down the column on the left-hand side of the page, under editorials, there are several links to stories about uh, Julian Assange, and I guess those are you know the equivalent of blog posts or or whatever opinion pieces. And I, again, I don't see what the issue is here that Anonymous has. Does anybody agree with Anonymous on this? It seems like they. They've really crossed a, an unfo- a mistaken line here. It was I think this is a it poor move. Sounds like move. a political type. I don't know. It just seems like some kind of infighting thing to me. It does. That's seem how that it comes way. across to me. Uh, so we've been worried about the direction that WikiLeaks has been going. They say it should not be about Julian Assange alone. 
It's clearly not. It's the final straw for the shadowy group, which has also supported the Occupy Wall Street movement in the Arab Spring, while at the same time attacking companies including Sony and News Corp. Appears to have been Mr. Assange's dinner this week with pop star Lady Gaga. Anonymous said that's great for him, but not much of our interest. We are more interested in transparent governments and bringing out documents and information they want to hide from the public. Well, I think it's good for him to have Lady Gaga come and see him because that can help break him into a different area of uh, of people who may not know about his story into the world of pop culture. That's important. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Anything you want here, 855-453-SACL-CAI, toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that you find on the site. We give them to you. Uh, They include, by the way, the news updates. You can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our email updates, Twitter. Facebook. You can follow us in whatever way suits you the best. They're all free. News.freetalklive.com. Now, I want to make sure that you know about an important Bitcoin website called blockchain.info. Actually, uh, the, the guy I was talking to at the uh, the airport as I was waiting for my next plane after I'd missed one, thanks to the TSA, um, I'd mentioned Bitcoin. We were having a discussion about currency, and he was aware of Bitcoin. So... That was cool. And, you know, I've done it again, Allie. I'm sorry. I turned okay. your, I'm so used to you being across from me. I'm turning on the wrong mic. Uh, but and so, yeah, he knew about what Bitcoin was. And uh, that's pretty cool because uh, you don't expect to just randomly encounter somebody. Isn't it exciting to, when things like start small and you know about them and you're not sure how it's going to go and then they get bigger and you don't really know until you hear some stranger talking about it? Mm hmm. Now, he really kind of felt that Bitcoin was only for drugs, uh, so he kind of had a oh, mistaken impression about uh, Bitcoin. There are more products available online now than ever before. I mean, you can go and buy candy over at statelesssweets.com, for instance, uh, with Bitcoins. And, uh, of course, as Bitcoins become more popular, more products will be available for them. And it's also important to mention, uh, I think, BTC Buy, uh, which is another a great site that actually allows uh, people to shop at at, uh, at a number of different websites, including Amazon, by using uh, Bitcoin, and we can tell you more about them as well. But what I really wanted to tell you about was uh, blockchain.info. It's an online Bitcoin wallet, and they have apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones. They also have uh, fancy encryption techniques, and that means that they never have access to your money. Because one of the concerns with previous online wallets has been that 
Well, the person operating the website can just jack everybody for their bitcoins if they decide to shut down the operation and you know mm-hmm. run for the hills or the islands or wherever it is. Internal corruption go. or something. Right. Uh, the the whole thing could have been a scam from the beginning. Like you know you mm-hmm. set up a website, tell everybody, oh, we're going to give you a free online wallet, and then wait till they put a bunch of bitcoins in and then take it all. I could see why people would be skeptical of something like this. Because especially because it's actually happened, and Mark and I got caught up in it because we thought, hey, it's online wallets, cool, let's put some money in there, and then the guy literally ran off with uh, probably a a lot of money's worth of bitcoins. And uh, so blockchain.info is different. Uh, They don't even know how much money you're sending or receiving. And with their wallet, you can even send bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. And they offer all of this for free. You can go to blockchain.info to get your free Bitcoin wallet today. It's a very useful app and also a very useful website, blockchain.info, 855-450-FREE. We're talking about uh, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and how apparently Anonymous, through some of its, I guess, respected channels, there are certain news channels out there that Anonymous uses, whether it's Twitter or uh, Facebook, for instance, or even a website uh, to where they're getting information out about Anonymous. And so that's where these quotes are coming from, where Anonymous is is calling out WikiLeaks and saying, basically, we don't support you anymore because we feel like you're not doing WikiLeaks as much as you are covering Julian Assange and what's right. happening to him. So this, like, Anonymous putting out an official, uh, you know, what, they're disavowing this, whatever, Acting like an organization, like a specific organization that has like members and, you know, speaking for their members. Right. Like, which they can't possibly do. That was do. against the whole idea, I thought. Or maybe I just didn't understand, but I thought that like I could be anonymous if I wanted. In theory, you could. And no one could prove that you aren't. They right. can't, you can't, you know, there's no membership roles for anonymous. So. Decentralized and stuff. Well, uh, clearly it's not, right? Because right. somebody somewhere, someone has made that post to whatever channels they've, they've posted it to. How many someones we're talking about, we don't know. You know, is it one person or are there 10 different people that have different channels that are kind of paid attention to as anonymous and they've all agreed on this? Who gets to make official statements? The, again, there's no way to know how uh, how this is set up. We do, I mean, from what I understand, a number of the anonymous folks do uh, chat online via IRC, Internet uh, Relay uh, cl- uh, chat. They, But that's not the whole of anonymous. You're not going to mm-hmm. have everyone who's in anonymous all in one chat room. There are way too many people in anonymous to be able to do that. So I don't know. Maybe if you're in anonymous, you can call in and obviously anonymously explain to us how it works. How how does Anonymous come to a conclusion like this? How does Anonymous come out with a statement like this? And and what level of input has been given by the average members of Anonymous that don't have access to post to the Twitter feed? Right. And it seems like making a statement like this is going to like create a schism within the people that are associated with Anonymous. It may very well. And it seems like that was against, you know, that's also a problem because they're because they're decentralized and not just one organization with members uh i don't think they get to make statements like this well indeed ali apparently not all anonymous members agreed the story by the way from ft.com financial times uh not all agreed with the group's move to part ways with wikileaks one twitter account at anonymous wiki said the site was quote still a beacon of truth and deserves people's support now more than ever unquote 
However, anonymous at Anonymous IRC, which posted the press statement, said that while it could could not speak for the entire group, discussions with colleagues found that the vast majority was appalled by this intrusive form of solicitation. So, on one hand, they were upset about Julian Assange getting a lot of coverage on WikiLeaks' website. On the other hand, they got upset that they were asking for money to help with uh, Julian Assange. Uh, they had asked for uh, you know money to help cover the bail, or I guess to pay, let's see, in the same week that saw Mr. Assange's bail guarantors forced by a court to pay 93,500 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Julian Assange is in the thick of a serious international uh, disagreement, a conflict uh, between, you know, there's different countries that are involved uh, in this. And Sweden wants him that we went over a couple like earlier this week or last week on the show about how the Swedish uh, justice system is absolutely horrible to accused people. They they will hold they could hold you, for instance, without allowing you a phone call, Mm -hmm. uh, without allowing you any contact with the outside world whatsoever. And this is just considered normal in Sweden. Like over here, we'd be shocked by something like that happening uh, or at least we'd. Hopefully, people in this country would be shocked by that happening. Uh, but over there, it's a regular occurrence, and it's one of the many reasons why Julian Assange does not want to go. He does not want to be extradited to Sweden right. because it's a pretty scary place to be as as an accused. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's an expensive process. You got got to deal with attorneys and bail and, and all kinds. Of, if you ever been to court before, you know it's not something that uh, most people can afford. Yeah, definitely. And so to get upset that WikiLeaks is asking for money to help their founder, I mean, to help their... You know, it's their, so petty. It really is. And I'm glad that, you know, not everybody in Anonymous is on board with this and some of them are speaking out. So I wonder if you're right, Allie. Will there be a split? Will there be another group formed out of this disagreement? 855-453-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Go to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. Listening options are included. Live streams, we have those. Broadband, mid-band, and narrow-band versions of the show. Different size bit rates for different internet connection uh, speeds. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to find all of those. Uh, They're free, of course. Listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, that's where you'll learn about the over 110 radio stations that uh, carry the show at various different times throughout the week. Our satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio, where we are heard every single night of the week. Uh, In addition to that, we're also on KU Band on Free to Air, uh, which is a different kind of uh, satellite listening option. uh, There's also the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. And listen that way as well. Once again, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com. 
Com. So if you, uh, again, have any thoughts you want to share with the anonymous situation, I think we pretty much have, have covered the story. Uh, but just to recap the news, anonymous coming out on several accounts that are sort of recognized as anonymous sources uh, to come out and, and oppose WikiLeaks at this point, basically critiquing them for supporting their founder too much. You're, you're supporting the founder too much. You're talking too much about Julian Assange. Yeah, never mind him. I think it's uh, I think it's absolutely completely appropriate uh, to to do that in the same way that you know Ali or if any of our co-hosts were were under some sort of uh, governmental attack that uh, we'd right. probably talk a little bit more about what was going on right maybe and a in, lot more about that and in fact I wanted to bring up that Adamo Freeman is out of jail thank you oh was that not mentioned last night uh, yeah he got I out, don't know if it he was got out yesterday I, they probably did mention it last night because that's pretty big news Adamo who was uh, previously on this program and I believe will be joining Joining us tomorrow night on the Excellent. live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. But Ademo, the founder of copblock.org, has uh, been in a jail cell for approximately the last three months. Yep. And uh, he's now out. So that's it seems like news. it's been longer than three months. I'm sure it seems like, like that to him, too. Uh, although it does kind of all fade together after a while. After you've been in there for s- several weeks and other weeks, like, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I already have trouble keeping track of time. And I can't imagine if I was in jail what it would be like. Maybe you'll get the chance to find out someday. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he's out. That's exciting. Uh, looking forward to seeing him because I couldn't be there for his release uh, get-together, which apparently was, uh, from what I understand, they the government guys released him at 5 in the morning. I don't know if you heard about this. No. But normally when you get out of jail, there at least here in New Hampshire, I don't know how it is where you live, but uh, here in New Hampshire, there's the day on which you get out of jail – Usually there's a specific time at which they let people out. So Mm -hmm. like here in Cheshire County, it's 9 a.m. That's usually when you're going to be getting processed and released. Uh, They could, in theory, hold you longer. Uh, There are certain rules that say like if you don't have a ride that they will hold you longer until they can get you a ride uh, into town. Don't they sometimes just drop people off? That's what they did with me, actually. They let me out a day early. From uh, from jail, that way they could not have the activists show up. They did not want yeah. activists to show up at the during the release, so they let me out a day early and they took me into town and dropped me off at the bus station. Wow. And I walked home from there with a big old bag of uh, of jail stuff with me. What is it like the day you like? What is it like the day before you know you're getting out? Um, it's probably harder to sleep that night. Just because you're, Excitement. you know, you're ready to go, and it's, it's, you know, it's going to happen, or you hope it, you're hoping it's going to happen. But otherwise, you know, it's just another day in jail. Is there I mean, like a little bit of like disbelief? Like I don't think this is really happening because I'd imagine if you're in there for a long time, that it sort sort of starts to become normal to you, and it's hard to imagine what it, you know, like are they really going to let me out of this place ever? There's always that chance. Uh, well. At some point, you're going to be let out. But there's right. always that chance that they could pull your good time. So, like in Adamo's case, he is getting out at two-thirds of his sentence. So he could have been in for another month, uh, but they gave him good time because he mm-hmm. you know, wasn't doing anything that was particularly egregious or against right. the rules uh, in the jail. So he got out early. But they could always just come up with some bunk ideas to, you know, even if you've been 
of good behavior, yeah. to your opinion, they could decide that, oh, well, you didn't make your bed correctly, and so therefore, uh, you know, we're going to pull some good time from you. And they could do some sort of shenanigan yeah. like that right at the last moment if they wanted to. But uh, Are the I guards guess, all aware of everyone, all the inmates' situation? Like, they know when they're scheduled to be out. They know if they're yeah, scheduled for a good time or whatever. Yeah, there's information in there. Like, for instance, you get a letter, uh, at least in Cheshire County, you get a letter at some point from the uh, the administrators of the jail stating that here is your release date. This is your expected release date. And you can that can change, obviously. If you do something that's egregious and violate their rules, they will then change that date mm-hmm. on you. And in theory, they could do that at the last moment. They could, you know, tell you that, well, you're going to stay for a little while longer because they have that they have that provision. Uh, so but otherwise, you know, some of the guys say goodbye to you and, uh, you know, you say you look forward to seeing them on the outside, etc. So there's some some goodbyes that are that are usually involved. But that's about it. So, uh, 855-450-FREE. You can go, I'm sure, to copblock.org to see more about what's going on with the demo. I know there's been some stories posted at freekeen.com about that as well. Uh, so, let's move on. Allie, you had something you wanted yeah. to share with us Speaking tonight. of jails and prisons, yeah. uh, basically, uh, I've been, I read about all this last night. I actually went through the report by the Human Rights Watch and American Civil Liberties Union, um, called Growing Up Locked Down, Youth in Solitary Confinement in Jails and Prisons Across the United States. And basically, it's an expose on this practice of keeping minors in solitary confinement. And for people who don't really know what that is, um, Mm. it's basically, it's where they put you in a room that, uh, you know, usually there's nothing, they don't leave you with anything to entertain yourself and you could be given a book. Sometimes depending. they give you books, but some people's uh, stories, they didn't give them any books or anything yeah, it like It depends that. on the institution. But it's a special form of imprisonment, of imprisonment in which a prisoner is isolated from any human contact, through often, uh, though often with the exception of members of prison staff. It is sometimes employed as a form of punishment beyond incarceration for a prisoner and has been cited as an additional measure of protection uh, from the inmate. Uh, yeah. From the inmate or is given for violations. From other inmates or yeah. for the inmate? It says, this is from Wikipedia, it says okay. from the inmate. But yeah, it's so basically because minors being left to mingle in a general population, which is, you know, what most, you know, when you go to jail, usually you just get thrown in with all the other inmates. Typically. And, yeah. and minors are a lot more likely to get like sexually abused mm-hmm. um, or physically abused or messed with by the jail guards, I guess, than if they were in a juvenile t- detention facility. I don't know how much more likely they are than the other inmates, like the adult inmates, but that it seems like they're more prone to abuse. So it's a, like a measure to protect them from the other inmates. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, as it as this you know expo- expose shows, it's really not good for someone's psychological development. No, a lot of these kids are getting put in there for months. And yeah, any amount of time without uh, human contact is pretty dangerous uh, because. Human beings are social animals, and there may be, you know, the occasional antisocial person to whom they would love being in solitary confinement, uh, but the average person is going to have a very difficult time, and the jailing people, the jailers, they know this. I mean, there's, there's plenty of evidence 
plenty of you know psychological uh, observation and study over time that shows that people react very poorly yeah. to being separated from human con. Uh, and the sad contact. thing is, is a lot of these kids are put in there or teenagers are put in there because of like mental health issues Mm -hmm. and the solitary confinement brings it out more or you know it's like whether or not you're born with some mental health issue or you were like traumatized as a child whatever it is if you know you went through some bad experience like you were raped or something one girl wrote about how you know she'd been raped and going in those conditions like brought back all those memories, and that's all she could think Just about. To be clear, she was raped while in no, jail. No, 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 not while in solitary confinement. I see. Okay, but you know, this is like kind of the life she had led, and probably part of the reason she ended up in jail. And it brought back all those memories, and it just wasn't. It's not obviously helping anyone. Have you ever been in solitary? If so, you want to tell your story, 855-453. I presume you have a little more to your story, Allie. 855-450-3733. Take control. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want, toll-free, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there on the site. You can support the show as well if you would like. We have different ways for you to accomplish that. Uh, You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's a great way for you to help Free Talk Live out. Uh, You can shop over at Amazon, for instance, Amazon uh, Canada, Amazon U.S., Amazon UK. You just click into the right Amazon for you and then just get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff that you're looking for, maybe for you or perhaps for somebody else, considering the holiday season is rapidly approaching. Uh, You probably are going to be doing some sort of buying for somebody else uh, this uh, in the next couple months. Of course, Amazon's a great way to do it. You don't have to deal with parking. You don't have to deal with, uh, you know, customers. Can you get Halloween costumes on Amazon? Oh, of course. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You can get a huge selection of Halloween anything on Amazon. Amazon's got a tremendous uh, selection of products and great prices, of course. Uh, But, you know, maybe you want to try using uh, Bitcoin, for instance, to do your holiday shopping. You can go to btcbuy.info. Actually, you can use their banner on the uh, right-hand side of freetalklive.com, but btcbuy.info is a way for you to actually go to places like Amazon and actually spend money or spend Bitcoins at these, uh, these different websites. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so Amazon, Newegg, ThinkGeek, Sears, Barnes & Noble, you can go there to uh, btcbuy.info and uh, spend bitcoins and get real product, uh, real products. That's for exciting. Them, which is really cool. And uh, as I understand it, that is also a good way to help out Free Talk Live with your bitcoins. So you can go to shop.freetalklive.com and hook up with Amazon there or btcbuy.info as well. 855-450-FREE. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we will, of course, take your calls about anything. Ali, you're telling us about juvenile solitary confinement. That's right. It's something that uh, you've never experienced. Not personally, nope. Um, I have not been a juvenile and experienced solitary confinement. I have not really experienced true solitary confinement for any significant period of time. Mm-hmm. When you're put into jail, at least around here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire, you will be uh, put in by yourself in a cell for up to 72 hours. And the intention there is that they are attempting to determine uh, whether or not you are a danger to yourself mm-hmm. so uh, or a danger to others, perhaps. So if you're like a total psychopath or, you know, or, or suicidal, for instance, they're not going to put you in uh, in population with the rest of the prisoners. You will well, stay geez, in it's solitary. It's just not a very good way to determine something like that. like To keep them away from other people? But, well, not only, like, I can understand not wanting to, you know, risk, potentially risk the lives of the other inmates and and by, like, throwing some mass murder in with everyone. Yeah. But by, you should look at what the person was charged with. First of all, you've never been charged with being violent. Uh, I get what you're saying. I can understand where they're coming from in that you don't know who you're dealing with. Like but the people that, it makes you crazy to be in that situation. So anyone could act violently I, or aggressively just by being in that situation who's not normally like that. You do make a, a good argument that it could make you crazy. Uh, it's At least in this situation, it's not like... You're not being put in the hole, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, So, for instance, in certain uh, correctional institutions, probably more, more prison than jail, uh, they do have the hole, and they will put you in there as a punishment, and that is solitary confinement of the, of the worst order, where mm-hmm. you are lucky to even see any light while you're in there. Right. That's, a, that's a totally different situation from being separated from other prisoners, but still being able to see them. You know, like when you're in solitary, when you're... In solitary, you can still kind of look out and you can see other people from where you are, at least in Cheshire County, uh, when you're being held for for processing. They have a a, what they call S block, S for solitary, where they're they're all solitary confinements there. And that's going to be more confining than the initial 72-hour period. So that's all I've uh, I've spent. I haven't gone uh, beyond that, so I can't really speak. I don't feel like I'm appropriately experienced enough in that area mm-hmm. to really talk about being uh, in solitary confinement. But it's something they use to intimidate uh, prisoners into uh, behaving because they know that it is effective. They know that uh, people do not want to be there for the most part. Uh, there are the occasional oddball folks who don't mind uh, being alone, and they they probably actually prefer to be in solitary. But uh, what you're talking about is how it's affecting teenagers. Right. And you are describing sort of I have quotes from, you know, some of the people interviewed in this report, which is, you know, a good thing about it is that they actually are one of the more personal things about it because they just include a lot of quotes from victims of the system. Um, says one woman in Michigan said, I think the cell uh, looked looked like any other cell, you know, a box. There was a bed, the slab. It was concrete. There was a stainless steel toilet slash uh, sink combo. The door was solid without a food slot or window. It looked like a basement because all I could see was brick walls. There was no window at all. I couldn't see a clock. The only way I really associated any kind of time, I broke down time, morning, afternoon, evening. I broke it down, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I felt doomed like I was being banished, uh, like you have the plague or that you are the worst thing on earth, like you are set apart from everything else. I guess I wanted to feel like I was part of the human race, not like some animal. Mm. So... That sounds like the whole. 
like you were describing, like, you know, where there, she said there's not even a food slot. There's mm. nothing like there. You know, she can't even associate time. Obviously, no window. If she yeah. can't see what time of day it is or anything. She just goes by when they feed her. Um, right. Well, the more they can deprive you of your uh, your senses, the more difficult it is it's sense going to depri- be. deprivation. I mean, that's basically... Sense deprivation can be cool uh, in the yeah. right circumstances. No, you're thinking of something like cool and groovy or whatever. Like a, like a flotation is, tank or yeah. something like that. I've looked in that stuff too. That is cool. But that's yeah. like, you do that. That's not a that's coercive consensual. situation. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you're choosing to have your senses deprived. For, uh, but in this case, it can be really... I can imagine that's really scary for folks. You know, especially a young person who has no experience with that. Right. And I think that the reason that this report is specifically about young people is because... Um, well, I'm young and I've grown up a lot just in the past few years, but I mean, there's a big difference between me now and me when I was like 18 or Mm -hmm. me when I was, obviously like, you know, you mature a lot within those ages. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the author of this report interviewed someone who was put in when he was 13 Mm. and I just can't imagine like at that age being in solitary or, you know, when you're, when you're. I don't know, just hormones and I don't know what it is, but just being generally emotionally unstable when you're young, Mm -hmm. you don't have those, um, you know, whatever it is that changes in your brain through that time that sort of makes you more stable, that sort of centers you and makes you able to deal with situations that would make you go crazy when you're young. You sort of learn to cope. But when you're that young, I feel like your brain's still developing and you need positive human contact. Uh, and, of course. And if you don't have that, you know, a lot of these kids were complaining about not getting to see their parents. Um, mm. Says those allowed. Uh, oh, yeah. Solitary visitation is very restricted. Yeah. If you get anything at all, it's very, very restricted. Those allowed outside described only being able to to uh, exercise in small metal cages alone a few times a week. Several mm-hmm. said they could not get books, magazines, paper, pens, or pencils, or attend any classes yeah. or programming. For some, the hardest part about solitary confinement was being denied visits and not being able to hug their mother or father. And that's just like, I mean, wanting to hug your mom and dad, and that's like the... I don't, and what for what reasons were they being put in? I mean, do you have any idea? Just the most petty the, stuff? The or? information on, like, where the, this is all happening, they can get sort of general ideas about jurisdictions that do this more often than not, but they don't have any specific numbers because no one's, no one's, like, required to publish this information. Mm-hmm. So they uh, have numbers like 95,000 uh, minors are incarcerated every, or, like, a year or something like that. But they don't know how many of those are put in solitary confinement. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of unclear on which jails are doing this and how often and for how long. So that's unclear. Um, but sure. it's definitely widespread. And and it doesn't really matter how often they're doing it or where or how long they're doing it. All that matters is whether or not they do it to someone you know and someone you care about or you because then it becomes uh, – then then all of a sudden it's important. Like people don't see – they don't think about this. People don't want to think about the people that are in jail. They look at a jail – like a lot of jails are placed away from populations. Right. That's so the point of jail. You're, you're not supposed to be thinking about the people in there. Right. And uh, you know, if people actually – 
gave a damn about the people that were in jail, then maybe jails would be you know not as bad as as many of them can be. I mean, we're fortunate, Ali. You and I live in Cheshire County, New Hampshire, which, in my opinion, has one of the best jails in the country. Uh, it's run by a guy who's you know compared to the average jail superintendent or warden, I think coming yeah. from a perspective of some level of compassion for the people that he's uh, are in his care. Some people would say that because he is somewhat liberty-minded that it makes it worse because he's going against principles. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line if you want to tell us about your experience in solitary or bring up whatever's on your mind. Come on up. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press Quantum Vibe It's year 2523 There are colonies on Venus, Mars and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed with brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum vibe. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features. And corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from a scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. QuantumVibe.com Free Talk Live, you're invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-453, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there. They're free for you. Once again, freetalklive.com. How about that music there, Allie? It just keeps going. It's, uh, it's I like it. <laughs> I don't know where our board op is, but we'll come back soon, I'm sure. Uh, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything you want. In fact, uh, some of the major news, and it's kind of shocking that this is uh, major news, has been this story about uh, the Sesame Street. And I brought it up right before, uh, or actually I think right when when we went went into break and told you about it. And you were kind of surprised, but then you realized that this, uh, you'd heard something about it, right? Like they, they talked about it at the debate or something like that? Yeah, uh, there it goes. There's some talk about Big Bird, or I don't know if Big Bird came up specific. I think it did come up during the debate. I didn't watch much of the debate at all, but me uh, neither. But yeah, I think stuff about PBS. I think that uh, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why. Like, I think the Republicans want to be seen as like real conservative. Um. And nothing's more conservative like, than threatening to uh, cut public broadcasting funding. <laughs> right. So I don't know why that's the first thing they want to go after. but It's ridiculous. But it's just so silly of all the things you could cut. Why do you choose something like PBS? And uh, so, yeah, he it got brought up during the debate. And, um, and so I guess there's this commercial or sorry, campaign ad for Obama featuring Big Bird and uh you know, Obama tries to sort of seem like cool and in, and mm-hmm. who's cooler than Big Bird? So, of course... Who doesn't like Big Bird? Right, and it was supposed to kind of be, like, humorous, maybe, and to point out how silly it is that, uh, you know, 
or sort of make it seem like, oh, Romney's coming after Big Bird, wants to cut Big Bird. So uh, then PBS comes out and they're like, okay, Obama, like we don't come out in support of any candidate. Mm. You can't use Big Bird in your ad. Or I don't know if they said he couldn't use them in the ad, but PBS was like very publicly, no. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Like if PBS actually sued over somebody using Big Bird's likeness without permission. Right. Now, I get it. Like I don't think there's a lawsuit, but yeah. The the PBS Maybe. situation, I I understand the position that somebody might take that it should go away. And I agree. I think that all government, you know, should not we should not have a coercive government and therefore every television channel should be funded on a consensual basis. And in fact, point of information, uh, PBS is mostly funded by uh, corporate underwriting and individual contributions. Mm-hmm. So the amount of money that is being contributed from the federal government is a relatively small. I've heard it's ten percent, but I haven't seen the numbers personally. I've just heard. I thought that. that that was NPR, or is it the same? They are different. I know that. PBS I know that they're different, different from, from NPR. NPR, but I've heard that ten percent of federal I don't funding. No, that's a good question. Thing from NPR. So if it's the same for PBS, like you know, they talk about how NPR, even the you know, I guess CEO of NPR, or whatever his title is, mm-hmm. saying that they could do without they would be like beneficial to cut the funding the 10 percent from the federal government because then they'd be like they'd be free. independent yeah i think that would be really great to uh to have happen but and and you're right ali i'm not sure if there's a difference between npr's funding versus pbs's funding and what percentages is what but these are both organizations that are well supported by listeners and viewers I remember and watching PBS. Sure. I mean, who who hasn't watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood uh, while growing up? Did they have that when you were growing up? Uh-huh. Of course they did. And they're going to run that in syndication forever. I mean, he's he's passed away. Uh, what happened to Mr. Rogers? Passed, he passed on. It wasn't like some weird thing where you like commit suicide or anything, was it? Oh, I don't think so, no. Okay. He just died of, of natural causes. Um, but so, you know, there's a lot of beloved characters, a lot of beloved shows on there. PBS would have absolutely no problem supporting itself on its own because they really do. I mean, you want to talk about good government programs, government programs that have uh, have been relatively successful over over time. There aren't a very – there's not a long list. Mm-hmm. And I think PBS is probably one of the better ones you can point to because, you know, their their programs are creative. Their programs are interesting. Some of them – some of them might be boring as, as sin. I don't know. But, uh, but you know, a lot of people have fond memories of these of these shows, which is why it's a huge political error to, to go after, you know, like you said, of all of the things that you could point out of government waste, government uh, just absolute overspending and ridiculousness. PBS – I know. That's what you want to bring up? Uh, so, I mean, the, the Romney campaign deserves all the heat that it's getting over that, even though in theory, you know, it's it's a good idea to cut the funding for PBS or NPR. I wonder if, um, you know, because I hear conservatives talking about uh, like NPR, and I don't know what their opinions are of PBS. I feel like there was like some talk about how they were endorsing like their little, you know, kids shows were endorsing socialism or something. Well, but that they like to come after these organizations like they are, uh, you know, liberals are in control of them. They're trying to make our kids mm. brainwash our kids to be liberals or something. And I wonder if that's sort of where Romney was coming from. If that's I don't, again, I didn't hear any of the original comments because I really don't pay any attention to the debates. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. But he certainly could have been pandering to that aspect. Uh, you know, if you look at the conservatives and 
and uh, you know, kind of the traditional conservatives and their critiques of uh, PBS and, and Sesame Street over the years. I remember they were all uppity once about how there's a gay guy on uh, on Sesame Street. Exactly. Yeah. There was yep something like that. Yeah. So uh, and uh, and that's uh, that's another reason to separate it from public funding is because. It's not something that, you know, whatever the programming is, not everyone's going to agree with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever that might mean. And I don't know if I believe the claim that it's a liberal channel. I mean, I think that there have been different administrations that have probably appointed different uh, people to the board or whatever that runs uh, PBS. So who knows? Maybe it's changed its slant over over the years in different areas. Uh, or maybe some programs are more lefty, some pro- programs are more righty. I, like I said, I don't have cable television, so I have, you know, in the last decade of my life, zero experience watching uh, any programming on TV, let yeah. alone uh, I'm PBS. Still, I'm still getting over the PBS brainwashing, so if that gives you any idea. I think that, uh, you know, there's some value there and that people will support the things that they value. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, People shouldn't be forced to support things they don't value. So these uppity conservatives about you know that don't like the homosexual agenda, and you know I like gay people, so I don't have a problem. I I don't discriminate against that. But uh, if somebody wants to discriminate, they should be free to. You know they shouldn't be forced to pay for a uh, a channel that they're not interested in in supporting. Yeah, I don't people, have to buy HBO if I don't like the the content they put on. Yeah, if pe- people who who appreciate these channels shouldn't. You know, I just can't imagine wanting to force people who disagreed, like say I was a big advocate of, you know, gay rights or something. And I thought that Bert and Ernie were somehow furthering. A gay couple? Yeah, they're, they're a gay couple and that they were, <laughs> you know, making it. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's how people perceive it, I guess. But that, uh, you know, I wouldn't want, you know, I might see that. They have been that, living together for a long time. I might see that and think, oh, well. You know, I think that's cool because it'll help kids to not be bigots, maybe, you know, and I wouldn't want people uh, to have to pay for something that they don't like. Does that, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like I want to see that happen. I want to see my ideas being put out there, but I don't want people who disagree with me to be forced to pay for it absolutely we'll talk more about this in a moment uh, we've got barry on the line listening in idaho because there's a million muppet march that's being planned and we'll explain what that's all about uh, but barry you're listening on xm's america's talk hey what's on your mind uh good evening welcome uh, sir i'm i'm um i i, I fail to see the uh the use, the usefulness of uh gun laws uh, you know even into a, to an extreme degree uh you know, uh, as far as uh, being able to uh, carry a gun on a on an airline, um, you know, relating it to TSA, uh, I don't. Uh, if anybody who's going to uh, commit a crime is going to uh, certainly not uh, worry about the uh, the gun law involved, they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to commit the crime anyway. I don't see where the uh, importance of uh, I don't see where there's any. Uh, reason to restrict our rights uh, for carrying guns uh, in, in any way. Absolutely. I'm with you, Barry. If you want to stand by, we can continue digging into that uh, topic a little deeper. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Guns and Muppets. Whatever is on your mind, we'll talk about it. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You can
can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Talk Live, take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. They are all free. Those other talk show hosts, they charge you for their websites. We have a webcam. Those guys put it behind a paywall. Ours is right out there for you to see anytime you want at cam.freetalklive.com. Of course, during show hours, you'll see something on the cam outside of show hours. Uh, you will likely not see something on the cam, although the cam feed is actually linked not to the Free Talk Live live streams, but to the LRN.FM live streams. So you will hear, uh, if it's outside of Free Talk Live hours on the cam, you will not hear Free Talk Live. You will hear other shows like Ladies and Keen, uh, which right. is Allie's show. And uh, you can get more of Allie, by the way, over at ladiesandkeen.com. That's ladiesinkeen.com as we go right back into your phone calls. Oh, by the way, want to make sure you know about the Bitcoin. We did talk earlier about blockchain.info, which is a great Bitcoin website for an online wallet. But you need to know what a Bitcoin is if you don't. Uh, take the time to go to weusecoins.org. There's a great little two-minute video on there that'll, uh, I think, give you a good introduction to the Bitcoin. I got to um, see an old friend of mine, uh, Tetro, out in uh, Los Angeles. We go way back. And uh, he's been living out on the, the West Coast for a while, so it was nice to go out to the talk radio convention and, and get to see an old an old friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had not heard of Bitcoin, so we filled him in, and he was very excited uh, by the idea. And why wouldn't you be? It's something that is a digital, decentralized currency that's actually a free market currency in that it's not manipulated by some government. It's not some corporation that's behind it. It's an open source currency. That allows anyone to send and receive payments with anybody in the world without asking anyone's permission. It's algorithm-driven, uh, correct? Yeah, it's, it's essentially math. And in fact, it's mathematically impossible for bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated or for anyone, including governments, to block you from sending or receiving these payments. You are in control of your financial uh, of your finances when it comes to bitcoin. You don't have to ask anyone's permission. You don't have to jump through any hoops. There's no gatekeepers. You just should do your due diligence, learn about it at weusecoins.org, and then you can jump right in and go to bitinstant.com to get your Bitcoins. That's the best way, in my opinion, to turn your cash into Bitcoins. Bitinstant.com. Let's go to the phones, talk to uh, Barry. Now, Barry, you had made a comment about gun laws. You think that they are unnecessary. I don't even think we should have laws that say we can't carry guns uh, onto airline uh, to fly. Uh, I don't see where it's making anything any safer. If anything, it's just the opposite. Absolutely. Uh, I just, I don't agree with it. Uh, and, and I don't even hear the NRA or any of these other people that, you know, uh, I don't really, uh, I'm, I, I have a lot of things that I, against the NRA, even though I'm a big gun rights uh, uh, 
Um, well, if you support gun rights, then you're absolutely right that you should be opposing the NRA because they do not support uh, gun rights. They support the status quo, in my hmm. understanding of what they do. Why? They they support the 20,000, like he's saying. They don't speak out against the TSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't speak out against the existing regulatory structure. They just... They supposedly are, you know, trying to stop new gun laws from coming into existence, but ultimately that means they're supporting the existing gun laws. Then there's something like 20,000 of them on the books in just the federal level alone. Mm -hmm. There are more principled gun rights organizations, like I believe Gun Owners of America is generally considered a better, more principled uh, gun owners organization than the NRA. And I think you're absolutely right, Barry, that, uh, you know, that as far as airports are concerned, what we really should – and here's a proposal for you. Uh, how do you feel about the idea of let's just let the airlines decide what their security should be? So if one airline wants to allow people on with weapons, they should be free to do that and people should be free to choose that if that's what they want. And if there's another airline that wants to do body cavity search uh, before you get on, then they should be free to have that level of security too and uh, let the market decide right. what the right level of security is. How do you feel about that? support that 100%. I believe that anybody who has a private business should be allowed to do uh, basically uh, anything they want to do. Uh, you know, if you, uh, you know, you have a private business that's private, you should be allowed to discriminate uh, in any way you, that you would like to. And that gives us the ability to decide which businesses we would like to frequent. Yep. You know what I think would make people, like, if I could travel on any airline, if they, like, allowed for airlines to set their own rules. I imagine that if they just said, "Oh, everyone, you know, with a gun, if it was just all things equal, you know, you can you can bring guns on this airline." That would not so much bother me just because I would expect that, you know, a lot of people that carry guns are pretty re- responsible with them. But I also think that a lot of people get freaked out by the idea of just allowing guns on airlines because they see a guns as aggressive weapons, not defensive weapon or defensive tools. But like imagine if they had an airline like this and then they had uh you know private sort of like bodyguards that were armed because people are all you know even people who believe in gun control they're okay with cops having guns Mm -hmm. you know and i don't like you know cops being the only ones with guns but if you had like private you know little secret service like people on the plane as well and then you know just to sort of quiet the fear that one of the passengers is going to go crazy in one of the flight attendants for not putting ice in their tea or something. And like, you know, just it would be nice to know that there are people on there who have a gun and that they're responsible. Well, the thing is, I don't think that a police officer has any more right to have a gun anytime, anywhere than any other citizen out here does. Certainly. If you know, if you have a, a group of people and uh, uh, that are all armed, if they choose to be uh, be to be armed, uh, I think that you know you know ninety nine percent of of us out here aren't uh, looking to commit a crime. Uh, in in fact, just the opposite. We'd be uh, uh, overjoyed to be able to prevent a crime if mm-hmm. we was able to. And uh, I think that uh, being armed uh, helps us to do that. I've asked people that carry guns if it affects their demeanor if it changes sort of how they carry themselves because they know they have the responsibility of carrying a firearm and they say that it does that it means that you, you know be in, careful. in disputes that they are more even tempered and that they are you know even if it's not fully in front of their mind 
they know that because they're carrying a firearm that they should really behave themselves because mm-hmm. they don't want to freak anyone out. Yeah, and I agree. And, and you see, but I'm a little more uh, radical, I guess you'd say, than uh, a lot of people are in gun laws. I, I think that uh, people who are convicted felons, uh, you know, we, we, you know, this is where I disagree with the NRA. They're always pulling this on us. You know, there's no reason in the world why somebody, uh, because they're convicted of a felony, uh, you know, it shouldn't be allowed to have a gun. I mean, after they serve their time, uh, they, they, they should be able to have a gun. You know, we have people out here that weren't involved in any kind of a violent crime. But it's a felony, uh, you know. Why in the world, you know, should they not be able to carry a legal, a legal right. product with them? You know, my uh, our normal co-host on uh, most weeknights, uh, Mark, is a convicted felon. He uh, served nine years in prison for murder, which he did not commit. And uh, whether he did or not, I agree with you that uh, once you've been in and you're done with the being in that system, then you should be free to. You should have right. your rights. I mean, you should you should be able to defend yourself and your family. Plus, and you can't after being in jail is when you probably really want to carry a gun because you probably met a lot of people in there. Barry, thanks for your call and thoughts. I'm on board completely with uh, how you feel on that. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. The Million Muppet March. Whatever you want to talk about, free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. You can bring up what you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features uh, that we share with you on the site, and uh, you can also help support Free Talk Live in a variety of different ways. One of the ways that you can do that is by getting your gold and silver through our friends over at Midas Resources. Midas Resources has been behind this show uh, for a long, long time. They are actually the company, the parent company of the radio syndicate that helps us get on radio stations all across the country. So whenever you go to silver.freetalklive.com and order, whether it's uh, U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 francs, they've got gold there too. Uh, if you, Whatever it is you order, they've got custom hand-picked pieces there that are very beautiful and uh, you'll be proud to own. Whenever you order silver or gold through silver.freetalklive.com or gold.freetalklive.com, they both take you to the same page. Whenever you order your uh, precious metals there, Free Talk Live will get a you know, very small uh, cut of the purchase because there's not a whole lot of margins involved here. There's not a, a lot of room to make a whole bunch of profit because Midas has some pretty good prices. Go ahead, price around, see for yourself. I purchased my silver there. Uh, you can go to silver.freetalklive.com and call them at 877-857-9938. That's 877-857-9938 and get your silver and gold through Midas Resources. Would recommend that. Uh, by the way, uh, our number here is 855-453. That number is toll-free. The Million Muppet March plan to defend U.S. backing for PBS. But there, I think there was something else you wanted to say on the gun issue, Allie. Yes. Uh, I guess we were talking about Uh, I wanted to say that a lot of people, when they hear, I'm sure that if a liberal, maybe I'm typecasting, heard us talking before the break, they would say, oh, you're just wanting to be like the wild, wild west. Mm. And I hear that, you know, pretty, pretty, it's pretty common, I think, critique of gun right advocates. And uh, 
I was saying I wish Mark was here because I always love when he goes into his, uh, you know, his thing on the Wild West not being so wild after all. And yeah. how, you know, it's not that I want, it's not that, you know, there's, a, there's an aspect of the Wild West. I don't think that we should go back to, you know, dirt roads and, uh, you know, wearing those bosom pushing up dresses or anything like yeah. that. But, or no sewers. Right, right. right. Uh, but that... The fact is, is from what I understand, is that crime was reduced when people were allowed or there wasn't some like government force coming in and telling people that they can or can't carry firearms. Well, the sheriffs back then, of course, were never corrupt back in the wild, wild west. They were only the the best men that you could possibly find. I mean, they were wearing white, so therefore... The uh, the suggestion that uh, the West was wild is certainly beneficial for Hollywood because mm-hmm. it makes for some great pictures. I mean, I like a good Western. Right. Uh, but that's I not— I grew up watching them. Right. These are the things that are the exception, not the rule. Right. Uh, who wants to who wants to take Clint Eastwood's gun away from him? Like, seriously? Yeah. Well, you know, people are afraid of guns and uh, for good reason. They're scary. I mean, there's a lot of power behind a gun. You, When you have one on right. you— It's a big responsibility. It is a big responsibility. And they, are, uh, they can be deadly if used uh, correctly or mm-hmm. incorrectly, depending on the, the circumstance. So I get it, man. I understand why people are afraid of guns. And I would never say that any, everybody should have one. Some people will, will suggest like a real radical position is that everyone should carry a gun. I don't get why people are so— afraid of guns like why why would you not be afraid of cars or trains or it's a good point a lot of people do die from car wrecks uh and and i get your i get your point there i guess that uh i guess people just it just seems more intense when somebody dies from from a gun uh than more dramatic yeah i guess so and another point is that I think that plus there aren't as many movies about car wrecks either, so there's not as much uh, culture that surrounds it. It's right. it's something that people acknowledge exists. They don't certainly don't want to get into a car wreck themselves, but I think maybe the difference also is that cars seem like more of a necessity to life, and a gun might seem more like an accessory. You know I don't I mean? really. I mean, you don't need a car to live in in America. You can you know you can walk and ride a bike, right. uh, but. I think it's commonly accepted that cars well, I, are pretty much if necessary. If I lived in a city like New York where I wouldn't be allowed to carry a gun, then, you know, uh, I'm more likely to get killed by, well, I don't really know what the chance, the likelihoods there are, but I'm, I'd rather have a gun than a car, right? Because, uh, for one thing, you most people- You can't really defend yourself too effectively with a car. Right. And I would want to defend myself and I would be more, whatever, it's a big city and there's crime and stuff. I want to carry a gun mm-hmm. if I'm somewhere like that. And I wouldn't need a car because, you know, most people don't, it's not really effective to get around just having a car in New York. But um, now you grew up in Alabama. Was mm-hmm. your family, you know, gun friendly or what was the deal there? Um, so on my dad's farm, he didn't, like, no one in my family had guns uh, mm-hmm. except my sister, but they, my dad, let, like, hunters, hunt on his land because to keep the deer down for meeting his blueberries and mm-hmm. everything and uh we wore like those little orange caps and stuff right, so that so we didn't get shot get in, didn't get shot and uh you know never had any problems there there are certain so they rules. were they weren't anti-gun but they weren't necessarily gun people right not necessarily gun people um and i think that living in a place where only outlaws have guns can definitely morph your opinion of guns and I don't think that people really take that into account, like people from New York or 
California, they don't really think about how the uh, legislation being enforced in the place they live is influencing their opinion on on how they view a tool because if it's outlawed, then the only people that you think associate with having guns are like criminals. Well, the police people willing have to break the law. Well. Your friends aren't going to have guns because your friends, you know, aren't trying to get arrested anytime right, so soon. So it won't seem normal if somebody does have a gun. And uh, whereas up here in New Hampshire, people walk around openly carrying firearms and mm-hmm. everything's okay. In fact, things are better here and in Vermont and in Alaska where gun laws are relatively non-existent. I mean, they right. do exist here in New Hampshire, but there aren't very many of them. If you're going to come down strong on an issue like, you know, gun control, then you should like go somewhere where people don't have this like New Hampshire where people aren't so afraid of guns and there's like a gun culture and you're allowed to uh, open carry or conceal carry and just see if it's you know does it resemble the wild wild west you know are you in fear of your life because you know that anyone could have a gun and I mean I just I don't think that people think of New Hampshire that way Let's go to the phones. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. Tim's on the line listening in Florida to XM's America's Talk. Hey, Tim. Tim in Florida. Tim. Hey, what's going on, guys? You are on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, man. I, I just want to get your opinion about this election and uh, the time that we're we're living in. You know, uh, how do you feel about Mitt Romney and uh, his campaign? Uh, I think he's a thug just like Barack Obama. Allie, what do you think about Mitt Romney? Uh, yeah, I feel the same. Me too. I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I think he's uh, been sent by somebody else, you know, because uh, he's one of those guys. If you listen to what he says and his word, and in, in the, the first debate, you could tell he's not for just the average American, you know, the middle class. He's, he's basically for he pretty much for the one percent. If you ask me, mm-hmm. just like Barack Obama. He's not as smooth as a thug as Barack Obama, though. You don't think? No. Like there's some, I think that Barack Obama pulls the thug thing off mm-hmm. more than Mitt Without, Rom- he's not. Mitt Romney like seems kind of like a bumbling idiot to mm. me. Like he's just he's just also obviously pandering. Like I don't know, and I know what people mean when they say, uh, you know, if they're just perceiving this election and they're watching it, and it does seem like I don't think either of them care at all about the average American or the ninety nine percent, but that. You know, something about Mitt Romney, he just seems like he's faking every... He just seems mm. so fake to me. Like they said, plastic yeah. man. He do, he seems like he's trying to pretend to care. Um, he doesn't care. I remember the video with him talking to the guy in the wheelchair who was asking him about medical marijuana. He totally blew that guy off. Mm-hmm. And people don't bring that stuff up as much as they bring up his comments about the 47% of Americans on welfare yeah. or whatever. Tim? And with that being said, you know, I don't want to know who you guys vote for, but... If you had to vote, it's kind of hard. Most people be like, I'm on the fence. You know, I, I don't have to vote for any of those people. I, I, With your force. I would either vote for none of the above or uh, Gary Johnson. And I'm not going to be forced to vote for any of those people. I will not <laughs> vote hypothetical. For, I will not vote for evil. Tim, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. You can take control. Free Talk Live. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you will find. They are free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can do that at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. You send in five bucks a month to Free Talk Live. We invest it in the show and use it to get on more radio stations around the country. And uh, we just got back from our trip to L.A. Mark and I went to uh, Los Angeles where Talkers Magazine was having their uh, bi-yearly. Is that right? I always get this wrong. I should. You think I'd have learned this by twice now. Twice a year? Yeah, bi-yearly. Is that twice a year? I think so. Okay, I good. Get, if I got paid Bi-weekly, I'd get paid every two weeks, so that doesn't make any sense. So then bi-yearly might be every two years. Yeah, I don't Semi-yearly? Know. Semi-yearly? <laughs> meaning half uh, half a year? Anyway, it's twice a year uh, is when this happens. And so this is the Los Angeles leg of it, which is good because, you know, we get to kind of see some of the, the West Coast program directors and people like that. And uh, we got to, we're going to have some big news about iHeartRadio to announce pretty soon, which I'm pretty excited about. That's one of the big apps on uh, iPhone and Android for listening to things online. So, you know, it makes a difference, your AMP dollars, because it's the AMP dollars that sent us to this convention. It, it, they send us to conventions. They do. Uh, we use AMP dollars to advertise Free Talk Live to get on more stations. If a station needs a piece of hardware, for instance, like a satellite receiver, we'll buy it for them. And how does uh, going to these conventions help Free Talk Live? It, uh, it's a who's who. Basically, for the talk radio industry. So, like, at this convention, there was a panel discussion. They always have these panel discussions. So, like, if you've ever been at any typical convention, there's always speeches and panel discussions. Were you in another rumble? I was not in a rumble. There was no rumble this time around for some reason. It was all panel discussions. And I was on a panel. I was on the rumble previously. And... Uh, and by the way, the video from the Rumble is out, and I will send it out. I'll post it to the Facebook and Twitter here. Maybe I don't know if I'm going to do it tonight. I'm pretty behind on on getting caught up with things, but I will post it. Uh, but, but how does it benefit us? So we get to schmooze with the the big wigs in in radio. But most importantly, we're seen by you know decision makers, and uh, we're actually you know integrated into the event now. Like when we started going, mm-hmm. we were just attending it. But then eventually they invited uh, me to speak on a panel, and then they invited Mark to give a speech one year, and then I've been on panels. I gave a speech. I, I don't really much care to give speeches. I'd, I'd rather be on a panel. I feel like that's that's more fun for me. Right. I feel like I have more to offer there, and the pressure is not, uh, not as high. But I was on a panel about, uh, you know, the, like not the movers and shakers, but kind of the – the pioneers, the modern-day pioneers in radio. And so there I was up there on a stage with uh, a bunch of guys that were you know, mostly a lot older than me. And uh, the Michael Harrison, who's the publisher of Talkers Magazine, had a lot of really nice things to say about Excellent. Free Talk Live. So it was great. And, of course, afterwards, people come up 
uh, they will come up to me and they'll say things about you know what they thought right. about what I had to say up there, and many of them found it inspirational because you know Mark and I have basically, with the assistance of great uh, co-hosts like you and of course all of our listeners in the amplifiers, have managed to build a successful syndicated radio program right. from the ground up essentially, and of course the help of uh, GCN our network. And you know podcasts are becoming you know something fairly new thing, and I think that talk radio is something sort of. You think of old people listening to it, but podcasts are getting really popular with youth. Mm-hmm. And I think that having, uh, you know, a youthful voice centered around the, you know, Liberty Revolution, which is a movement of the youth, I think primarily, it's, you know, something that these radio syndicates yeah. mm-hmm. are going to have to sort of wise up to and realize that it's better to have, you know, you have to tap into that market. Um, you know, if you want to be successful. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to help us out with that. And another great uh, supporter of the program is Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. He's uh, the main operator behind SACL CAI. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, go to SACL CAI's website. You can find their banner at the top of freetalklive.com's banner column. It's been there forever. SACL CAI is a longtime supporter of this program. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. And they'll also resolve issues for your customers. Treat them with respect, which will enable you to do business with them in the future, which, of course, is what you want to do. Uh, SACL CAI, see their banner again, right at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Mike, listening in New Mexico. Mike, you are, I believe, listening to XM's America's Talk. Go ahead, sir. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, Jesus is real, and uh, we're living in the end time. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, no, no, this is no game. You know, this is real. Jesus is real. We're living in the end time. Yeah. And Obama represents the black horse. He's the black horse. He represents balance. He has ties to the Middle East and the United States. Technically, he's only half black, but okay. (laughs) No, wait. No, when you say Jesus is here, what does that mean? I say he's he's real. Jesus is real. Okay, he's He's real. He's not here yet. He's not here yet. We're living in the last generation. So tell me, are you a believer that uh, the world is going to end on December 21st? No, sir. No, no, no. So I'm it's not, not gonna, quite the end, say, end no. times. What? So how what close are we to I the end? To listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. I'm going to say this. Just listen. Do your research when I tell you this. Obama represents the black horse. After the black horse, there is the pale horse. You know, the pale horse that represents death, destruction. So we need to go out and vote for this guy. That give us time. Give us time. Give us four more years. Are you suggesting that uh, that Mitt Romney is the pale horse? He represents the pale horse, which is death <laughs> and destruction. You think they're killing him? Stay and stuff. I don't know if you really believe what you're saying. I I don't know if I believe you. Well, you got to do your research, my man. Go in Revelation and read the Bible. Do you believe this guy, Allie? I mean, you used to go to church a long time ago. Yeah, but we didn't. My church wasn't really so. There's was it like an end times? It, it wasn't like an end no, times kind of church. No, there was a focus on hell and everything, but we, we didn't gotta, really focus we on on Revelation. Mike, Mike, what I want to know from you is uh, when is the end times? Like uh, you're saying, it could be put off for four more years, but let's say Barack Obama is reelected, or no, excuse me, let's say Mitt Romney is elected. Uh, what will that? What will happen? When will it oh, end? Oh man, it's going to be a drastic change. You're going to see the U.S. dollar go down because apparently God is waiting on the vote to decide whether or not <laughs> to no, to accelerate no, the end times. God, he, he he's a forgiving God. He's a merciful. 
So well, who's the white horse? Do you believe in hell? He's going to give us a time. Mike, he's giving us a chance to turn our life over to him. So, Mike, do you actually believe mercy, in... Do, it does mercy on our soul, but we got to take heed to the word of God hmm. and listen and do our believe, research, Mike. man. We're, we're, we're a right. total blind nation. We're, we're oblivious to what's going on. Mike, Mike more, the lady has a question for I'm you. More, I'm more interested in, uh, you know, what your uh you know you've already identified who the black horse is who's the okay so there's a white horse a red horse a black horse and then you mentioned the pale horse so who who are the who represents the white and the red horse red horse uh japan was the nation that represents the the red horse wait how can we how can you have a person represent the other horses and then or people represent the other horses and then a nation uh be the 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 red horse horse represents war so i think that that would be wouldn't that be obama wouldn't obama be the red horse well i mean mitt romney's a war warmonger too he's the balance mike i'd say your position is pretty weak here and i thank you for the call tonight i don't know if i i don't think i don't think i buy it (laughs) i don't think he sounded like a real zealot you you think that he was fake? You mean you don't buy what he's saying, or you think that he wasn't really believing? He, what yeah, he's I think the latter. I think that he is not actually a believer in what he was saying. See, the thing is, when you repeat something over and over again, I start to question. Like, so if you're trying to convey an idea and you're going into it and you're like, then you know maybe you really believe it. But if you say like when he got on the call and he said Jesus is real, Jesus is real, then I start to wonder like. All right. Do you believe that? Because you seem to be convincing yourself. Yeah, he's a he's he seems like a one note, uh, like a really bad crank call. Either he really believes it and just wasn't very good at answering questions. Because normally, like if you ask questions about the end times, they will be more than happy to tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get that vibe from him. Let's go to Seth. He's listening in Charleston, West Virginia, to WVTS. Hey, uh, Seth. What's going on? Hey, we're on the air, and you are too. Go ahead. Uh, well, what I wanted to ask is, with the end of the debate last night, they had the question about abortion and the ethics behind it. And I don't really want to ask about that. What I wanted to see was your opinion on if abortion is legal because it's not necessarily a baby or something, should we be giving additional sentences or murder charges to people that, say, kill a pregnant woman that is, well, in some cases, that, like what I was reading on the Internet, they would be four weeks from conception. And the person will be charged with either a manslaughter charge or something like that. In addition to so, this is interesting because whether it's right or wrong, I just that's if um, it's a baby in one case shouldn't it be a baby in the other. Right. So mm. that's uh, interesting because that's sort of why Ron Paul is pro-life or whatever because he says that you know as an obstetrician he would he was charged if if something went wrong during the birth and he was charged or that it was counted as a life if yeah, the baby dies. I don't think that's right. I, I Thank you, Seth, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Call that earlier, man. I, no, thank goodness he didn't call earlier. I can't stand getting into abortion because it <laughs> brings out all kinds of people that I uh, don't want to talk to. More coming up tomorrow night. See you then. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you to go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. Who do you think you Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make. Wait, no, no. Wait a minute. Whoa. Hey! Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Why are you running? Because you're scared of property. What am I?
am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com.